You are listening to episode 60. On today's episode, I get to interview a very special guest. I know I say they're all special because they are. <laughs> this is a local entrepreneur. Her name is Jessica Barreto, and she's the CEO and founder of Style and Grace, where she brings the world-class charcuterie box experience to you right here in Saskatchewan. This experience is inspired by her visits and trips to Paris. And she thought that this was a way of bringing the joys of food to a few family friends, only to have this business really blow up during the pandemic. Jessica was born in the Philippines, raised in Regina, and currently lives in Saskatoon. With over 10 years of corporate event planning for the construction industry, this was something she created to just bring a little joy and just something extra for special occasions in the lives of family and friends. But now it's really making an impact, and I can't wait to share her story with you in this episode. By the way, if you have been enjoying the Okiki podcast and it's made any impact on your life, I'd love to know. Be sure to leave me a comment and let me know in the reviews and ratings of this podcast. And if you haven't already, you can follow me on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Now on with the episode. Welcome to the Okiki Podcast, where we make inspirational people known. Brought to you by your host, Fian O'Brien. everyone and welcome to the Okiki podcast and today I have the honor of having a special guest Jessica Barreto and she is the founder and CEO of Style and Graze and Style and Graze is actually a very interesting company that I just came across through some of my networking events that I've attended and it's really a curated box of all sorts of delicious um, you know bites and Honestly, uh, it's it was really beautifully put together. I'm going to let Jessica explain it much better than me, but honestly, it was one of my favorite things that I've tried lately in the city. But also with Style and Graze, she also partners with nonprofits, which is really interesting as well, and has been giving a portion of their sales to these nonprofits. And since they've started, they've given up to $7,000 worth of you know donations. So I just think that's really incredible. So I really wanted to learn more about her journey and how she got this business starting, especially during the pandemic, seeing something unique and interesting like this. So thank you so much, Jessica, for being on the show today. Thanks for having us over and uh, thanks for inviting me to be part of the podcast. Definitely. No, it's awesome. And uh, I just, yeah, want to give you more of a chance to share with our audience. Let us know, how did this all start for you? Were you always <laughs> doing catering and making these curated, beautiful boxes? <laughs> what was really your career and educational path to get here? 
nothing near <laughs> making grazing boxes. So my career actually was focused on event planning and mostly in the construction industry. I know events and construction don't go hand in hand. That's not the first thing that people think about, but it's kind of a little bit of a niche, one might say. But essentially, I started working at a construction association, creating events for them. I decided to branch out and do that on my own. And then I eventually got pulled back into it again within the construction industry. And when I was doing it on my own, a lot of my clients were in the construction field. So very construction focused. And now I'm back into that field again. How Style and Graze came about, though, it's more of a personal passion project. So I create all these events, I do it with family and friends. And, you know, lots of times it's potluck and my signature dish became charcuterie, grazing platters. So everyone would bring, you know, salads and meals and delicious things. And I, I don't cook, but I can put things together and make it very pretty. And I love flavors. I love pairing. And so that's sort of how that came about. You know, every time we had people over, that was the food of choice. My children would rather eat like sort of grazing style or like bento style rather than kind of a meal, I guess. So it's just a combination of everything that was so personal to me. And then how we came about, you know, charcuterie even. Um, My husband and I were in France. We were in the south of France and just walking around the market and, you know, grabbed a baguette and walked around and grabbed some salami from that vendor and some cheese and some olives. And it was the most perfect, cute picnic lunch kind of thing. And ever since then, I've just been kind of on a lookout for what what those good flavors are. And surprisingly, not a lot of people know this, but Saskatoon has some amazing, amazing vendors and places to get all of that. You don't need to be in the South of France to recreate that. So yeah, during the pandemic, my friends and I were, you know, would would get together and create kind of cute little boxes just as snacks. And he said one day, why don't you do that? Like, why don't you offer it as a business? And I said, why would anybody want to pay me to cut, to cut up cheese and meat? Like, Why would anyone want to do that? So it was sort of a joke to begin with. It was like, you know, you should try it. And then I thought, hey, you know, I'll try it and see there's really nothing to lose. But I really wanted to come out strong and have everything put together, like the story behind it. I guess I can talk about that a little bit more later. But, you know, I wanted it to be a full on package, not just the food. Like the food has to be delicious, has to be fresh. It has to have all the components of sweet, sour, salty, fresh, you know, all of that sort of stuff. But I also wanted it to be packaged beautifully that when you open it, it kind of brings you joy. Like, like it's that first initial reaction of like receiving something and you're like, oh my gosh. And then you, the way, like how you open it evokes like that kind of emotion, like unwrapping something. And then looking at it and going, oh, I don't know what to try first. And I so I wanted to capture all of that. I wanted that box, if it was given as a gift, to bring that kind of joy and that kind of excitement. So we kind of had a lot of back and forth, well, worked with a lot of people to try and capture all of that. So yeah, kind of how that came about. That's really cool. I I love how you took like these family and life experiences and going to France and thought, how can we recreate that here? And then I definitely have to agree, having, you know, seen the box itself, 
yeah, it definitely has that effect. And it's like, oh, all this looks so delicious. Where do I start? You know, and honestly, it's quite an experience in itself. So I guess I wanted to ask in light of that and in light of the goals you had for it, what was your biggest obstacle then in actually making this happen? Because like you said, how do I bring that experience from France to Saskatoon? And how do I create it with the beauty Um, yeah what were some of the processes that you had to go through to really make that vision come to life I don't know that it would be really an obstacle before it became a business I already knew and kind of selfish a little bit I guess the stuff that I put in the boxes are things that I really enjoyed I didn't have to recreate it I knew exactly that I wanted to have truffle brie in there I knew that I needed to have this like I needed to have hot honey in there. I needed to have dried mangoes. I knew what was going to go in there. What was kind of a bit more difficult, I guess, was trying to find the right type of box. I didn't want it to be a regular box. I wanted the box to evoke a gift versus, you know, and nothing to say, like when you go to a restaurant and you do a takeout or let you bring your leftover home, you get, you know, those sort of board like bakery box type style I didn't want it to be like that I want it to be a little bit elevated so that was sourcing out the right box because I think a lot of it has something to do with like I said that first impression and I describe it as really a feast for all the senses right like sense of sight the smell we always put some sort of an herb in there just to evoke that delicious fresh smell to it so I think that I have all of that in mind and just looking for the right packaging. And I was lucky enough, I knew exactly from the very start that I wanted to work with um, Mached from Paper Ocelot to bring the packaging together. I knew that I wanted wax seal on there. I knew I had this idea of vision, like it's going to sound really silly, but I compare it to getting a luxury bag, right? When you get your bag, you untie the bow and you open the box. And it's like this expectation of like something great is going to be under that box. So it's like, it, it's that. And I explained that to her and she, she brought it to life. Like she created the logo and, you know, she asked me the colors and I wanted, I love the greens and the golds. Like I, you know, that's, that would be what I would choose anyway, personally. So it kind of just all worked together. There wasn't really an obstacle in that sense. And I think I just kind of knew what was going to go in there. Like there was no problem with the menu planning. It, it was a lot of fun. Like that part was fun. I think the hardest part was now trying to tweak it and look at it, you know, from side kind of project to a business and then having to put on, you know, what is the cost of this? And like looking at those sort of things. I also found that it was maybe probably the most difficult part was trying to find a commercial kitchen to work out of. Because in order to do this business, you'd have to have, of course, your food safe, and then you'd have to be certified with the city of Saskatoon, and then with the health region. And then you have to, because meats and cheeses are considered high risk for food, then you have to work out of a commercial kitchen to do that. So there is a lack of inventory for commercial kitchens in Saskatoon, and actually in Regina, because we have a location in Regina as well. I just happened to be very lucky that uh, we had a connection uh, with a hotel, and they let us rent the space. So that worked out really well for us. 
thank you so much for giving that insight too, because that is real. It's like, you probably don't see it as an obstacle because you also see it as an opportunity, (laughs) which is actually, I believe that's how a lot of entrepreneurs think. Like this is a challenge, but let's see how we can overcome it. But at the same time, it's also good from a practical lens that the audience knows like, yeah, to do this, you had to get the food safe and get it cleared with the health region and so and there's all the, the right. So there's all these things that you don't actually think about once you start a business, which is all the technical aspects. Yeah. I was lucky in that, you know, I come from a family of entrepreneurs, like my mother is an entrepreneur, my husband's an entrepreneur. So it wasn't very surprising, but it still took a lot. I think that took the longest time, like just processing and doing your licenses mm-hmm. and getting registered and all of that. It takes yeah. time for it to you know, when, once you apply, you have to wait and wait and wait, but that just, that process took a really long time, but that also gave me the time to source out the right ingredients, connect with right, the right vendors, do all of that sort of stuff. And to be fair, like I took that time to also learn how to put it in a box. It's one thing to create these things on a platter for your family and friends, because there's no, you know, there's no pressure as to like it has to look exact same way every single time so then you know taking that time to just finding where the right places are how to fold things how to cut things so you know that so it was kind of nice that I didn't have that license for that amount of time for that two weeks because then you know that's what I did I just played around with the food and the meat and cheese to put it in the box which is kind of nice and I don't know if you notice this but in every box we also have a reusable spoon and it's a keepsake spoon it looks so cute I was like oh I I don't know if we're supposed to keep these but this is like the cutest little spoon yeah those are like it's kind of like my gift like I want to say thank you for supporting us and here's a keepsake you know when you go to like events they kind of send you away with something cute Mm -hmm, remember mm -hmm. it by so I wanted something practical that you can use like it's a coffee spoon or a teaspoon for for something right um, so yeah, so I kind of put all of that together while waiting for the licenses and it wasn't idle time. It was, mm. yeah. No, that's yeah. great. Thank you for sharing that with the audience too, of like how to really strategize. Like if one thing's held up, what else can I be working on? And I think that's a good note for them to have too, is like towards your goals, when there is an obstacle in one direction, what are you doing to deal with it in another direction? And you actually went right into what my next question is, because obviously with a box like this and with the sourcing, there are a lot of partnerships involved. So what was your process in developing these partnerships to really make this box come to life? You know, I wish I could say there was a process. It was literally okay. When I created it for ourselves from our, like for my family, I knew that I had would go to Bal cheese to source out the cheese or to ingredients or, you know, local little, little market box. I knew that that's, sort of the places that I would go to. So I just went there and bought bulk. Really in the beginning, that's that's what I did. Realistically, probably from a business perspective, that wasn't the wisest move because it wasn't it wasn't the cheapest products. But I didn't really care that it wasn't the cheapest products. I wanted to put the best products. I wanted it to be something that my family will still eat. I didn't want it to just be you know, somebody can go buy grocery stuff and put it together and that would be perfect. But I wanted to create this experience. It's it's more of an experience versus just food. 
if you wanted just food, then, you know, you could realistically go somewhere else and be fed very well for that kind of money. But if you wanted to give that experience of joy, then there's a lot of other things that go with it, right? Like some people get introduced to some of the new flavors. Most people wouldn't go to a shelf and pick off this cheese that we've decided to put in the box because it's not a, a cheese that you could easily get. But that's a part of the adventure of grazing is you try new things and you're not committed to buy half a wheel. You know what I mean? You're, you only get like a slice of it and you're like, okay, that, that was nice, but like probably would never try it again. So I, I wanted to have that. I wanted to do that. So I guess like when you're asking about the partnerships, it wasn't like I went up to them and said, hey, I want to be a partner. It was literally just going to the places that I would normally go to to buy the food that I would feed my family. And I started buying from them bulk. And then eventually they noticed that I would buy from them bulk. And then eventually it became more of a partnership. I didn't approach it as a, hi, my name is Jessica. I'm from Style and Grace. I'm a business. It was, hi, I really like your products. I'm just going to buy bulk and put it in my boxes. <laughs> and then eventually it became more of a, a business partnership. Yeah, no, I love that because I think what it sounds like is you took initiative to support them first as business owners and they noticed you and were like, okay, this person is quite, <laughs> quite supportive. Yeah, he's here, here all the like, time. Maybe we yeah. can have a conversation and see yeah. what's going on. Like, because again, you're also helping them. So it's, it becomes yeah. a relationship. Yes. Um, and, and you, yeah. For honestly, sure. like I can't even tell you enough how amazing the vendors are in Saskatoon. Like I could go be very confident in taking a box that we created and bringing it to Toronto, Vancouver, or Montreal, and it would be comparable. And I'm not even just saying that, like I've seen people travel with our box, actually. And I am confident with the quality of the food that comes from our local vendors. It's amazing. Thank you for highlighting that too, because that's probably an area that, of course, if I think like agriculture and, you know, it's obviously a huge part of our province, but I think... <laughs> Again, like you're saying, sometimes finding those gems within our own city and our province, we're not always aware of what, what we have access to. And I also wanted to go into this question. So now that you've created those relationships very organically, uh, you've come up with a design, you've gone through that whole processing. What initiatives did you take then to really launch this brand to the world? And how did you get people like me at, uh, you know, these networking events that actually have access to this box and, and for them to know about what you're trying to create? You know, again, product of the pandemic or the times that we live in, it's a very social media based marketing. I was lucky enough that I knew a few people in Saskatoon. And when I launched, I gifted the boxes to my friends, people I've known in business. And I said, just try it. If you don't like it, please come back to me with your comments. And honestly, the first box probably in comparison to what the box is now is huge difference. Like even just the way we place things. I mean, that's something that we've we kind of learn as we go, right? And I really welcomed all those comments. Like I, I'd asked them, like, what do you think is missing and all of that sort of stuff. So really, I gifted it to my friends. They came back to me with comments. And I took that and I just, I, I couldn't do all of it. Like everyone's still asking me for a menu. I would love to provide a menu, but I don't work like that. Like whatever is available and I think would go great. That's what you're getting. <laughs> Like there's some basics that like the fundamentals of a box is there, 
but sometimes I like to veer off and go, huh, that cheese seems really interesting. I'm going to put that in there. <laughs> so it's, it's not, I can't, I said, like, I can't do a menu. Like, I can't tell you that this is the pickle that you're getting today because it might be different. So there's that. But really how I launched it is just I gifted it to my friends. And fortunately, and I think this is partly a part of the whole planning process, like I really had it in my head that it was going to look a certain way. It was going to taste a certain way. The, the combination of food is going to be this way. And it worked. Lots of people loved it. You know, I said, if you liked it, just share it. And honestly, did not think it was going to be like that. I planned for it to be a, I'm going to make 10 boxes a week kind of project. And I, it blew my mind. And, and maybe it was also the timing of when we launched. I don't know. That. I, I actually don't know that very well, but maybe it has something to do with that. But I felt like it was just the right combination of things that allowed us to be where we are. Yes, thank you for sharing that. And just really, it sounds like a lot of these things, again, um, a lot of these pieces were very organic growth pieces that kind of really helped propel the success. And I actually wanted to touch on that because you brought it up that you had the plan of making this a side hustle, but it really exploded into something else. So for some of my listeners who are entrepreneurs themselves, do you mind sharing kind of like, practically what what happened there uh like you said you thought you'd do 10 boxes a week so what did it become and is this something that is now your main thing or getting to that place so yeah so it's you know literally ordered one um 50 box kind of thing we went through that like so fast like i i kind of look back now and go holy crap that was crazy but i really have my friends to thank for that they showed up. I gifted it to them. I gifted them those cute little individual boxes. After that, they ordered for their friends and then their friends ordered for their friends. And then, you know, there's a couple of people that own companies and then they ordered for their employees and then it became a thing. So, you know, there was, there's times where we're in the kitchen and, you know, I'd have four or five people helping us because we need to get over 80 boxes out in like a certain period of time. So it, it just became like, you know, I, I was coping. It's really bad entrepreneurship, you guys. Like, I did not plan for that. <laughs> like, there was no growth plan in place. Like, this was this happened within a month and a half or two months of of launch. It was like, okay, I would literally sleep for you know three hours, four hours, and then I get right back up and like start doing it again. It was it was ridiculous. Like, I I don't know how I survived. <laughs> And even with the pandemic, you were having that trajectory. And I think it was because of the pandemic. I think we were probably one of the few industries people wanted to still enjoy the food and the company and all of that. And it's, you know, meals are kind of harder because you'd have to like eat it warm. These are some of the things that you could eat and enjoy without it having to be kept warm. You can sit outside six feet away from somebody, have your individual boxes and still have that company and enjoy that. You can gift it to people. You know, a lot of the people that we gifted, that were gifted it to, especially in, in December, it was old folks, grandparents, 
the ones that live in apartment buildings and we had the contactless delivery like it, it I think it was convenience it was you know giving them instead of flowers they were getting food but in a different capacity and all of that so I think it was really a combination of of the pandemic the time of year that we launched and it was an exciting new product right it was new to Saskatoon in essence, a lot of people compared it to kind of like edible arrangements, mm. except food, right? It's not just fruits. Yes. So it was that yes. and then you can sit and enjoy and you know, lots of people like to share appies over drinks. So people Definitely. were still able to do that individually, but far away. Mm. So you can still have that, right? And it, it was a hit for Zoom calls, Zoom parties. Yeah, um, I think it was really the timing was perfect. I couldn't have picked it. And and to be fair, I didn't plan to launch at that time. We had planned to launch a lot sooner. But there was a couple of things like I was going to go into partnership with one of my friends. Um, she had decided not to do it because of it just wouldn't work for her family, the, the timing and, and all of that kind of stuff, which just kind of just moved back the schedule a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. So all of that. But in hindsight, now it was probably the best time to launch. Hmm. but really interesting and so now yeah. you have the saskatoon branch you have and the, the regina, regina and you have a physical brick and mortar or uh you actually just have a representation because you're using the commercial kitchens though. yeah i guess we use the commercial kitchen as a place to to go to uh, so we rented. We don't actually have like all the orders are still pre-orders. We come and create the boxes and then people pick them up or delivery. But we don't actually have a brick and mortar store. For sure. No, yeah. that's a totally great that you shared that and, and that process. And I could totally see why it it was conveniently set to still give that special experience, but without mm-hmm. having to, you know, have a whole catering situation so it's very cool yeah so times are changing a little bit now too with the restrictions lifting and and now we're seeing you know in the beginning when we first started we were seeing a lot of orders for individual boxes and a lot of group gatherings like you know for zoom like i said or even offices gifting their employees stuff and now it's more the bigger boxes because everyone's getting together now. We've seen a shift in the time where it used to be, you know, planning for your girlfriends to get together on Zoom. And now it's one large box because all six of us are going to share, you know, which is really exciting. It's kind of nice. You know, I've, I've gotten contracts for doing um, grazing tables. They're back now and all of that sort of stuff. It's very, very cool. Okay, that's really cool uh, because it leads into, I have a couple more questions for you, but this has been really amazing, I have to say so far. So as you mentioned, you had the format that worked for the pandemic, but you're also seeing some different requests coming. Where do you see this business in like five years and what kind of different ideas and projects, like the grazing table, that's so cool. Um, Yeah. What are you comfortable, I guess, sharing that you think would be cool <laughs> <laughs> to bring um, into you know, the so market for this? We have lots of ideas. I think I approach this from such a creative point of view. Like, I think I, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out the branding or not even the branding so much as the packaging because it's so creative and fun and uh, yeah. the food, how to fold the salami a certain way, how to do this a certain way. Like, it has to be all pretty. It has to be kind of very creative and put together so well. So I approach things from a very creative perspective. 
know, the grazing tables, like, I know I said, you know, kind of event planning. I went to school for international studies, like, not even anywhere near. So when I was doing the events, I, you know, a couple of times I've created grazing tables. And it was, again, a family function. And I'm so excited that we get to do that now as part of Style and Graze. And we've also, a lot of the products, and I don't know if people kind of know this already, but a few of the products that we have in there are actually created by us. So the honey we make, the I, I need to find a better name for it, but like clod hoppers, like the little sweets we make. Um, and, you know, there's some other items. So a lot of people are requesting to just buy those on their own. So potentially looking at doing that as product and we're always coming up with new items. Like we, every month, uh, we come up with a different flavor for box. So we have our signature flavors. And then every month I kind of come up with, and it, this is the part of me that's the creative, like, I love this part, creating a new flavor. So creating a Mediterranean box, or in June, we did a Filipino box as a part of my Filipino heritage month. So we wanted to capture that. We've done, you know, an Easter box. So we, we sort of come up with something different every month. So it's not the same grazing box. Lots of people love the classics, but it also makes you want to try the other things. Because like I said, there is so much product in this province. I don't even have to go elsewhere to get it. And it's just a matter of tweaking it and putting it in, in different combinations to create a whole new box. Like you can do a whole Mediterranean or, or even South American box. Like, you know, like there's all these things. And, and that's the part of me that's so creative and so excited about that kind of thing. So we're going to continue to do that. Again, we're in the first six months of our business. So we've only cycled through the first six months. So we only have six new flavors. We still have to come up with six new flavors. And but it's so exciting. So we're going to do that. Partnered with Mewasin to create a Mewasin box. And it's they're offering it for this new experience that they've created, Naughty by Nature. Oh, I so you get to go to Beaver Creek. Yes, it's fantastic. You get to go to Beaver Creek and learn all about creatures and their mating process. And you get to have a box in the end. And a lot of the flavors that we put in there were carefully curated to reflect some of the wildlife, like the wild plants that thrive in Nawasin. So yeah, like just things like that, for sure, we're going to continue to do the grazing boxes, selling the products off on their own. We've been looking at expanding. And yeah. There's lots of exciting things on the go. It's just finding all the time to do it. Yeah, yeah that, that is the challenge for creative entrepreneur. I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I'm so excited for you. I did not realize that your business was this young. Yes, <laughs> and, you it know, is very young. What it I was very young. just everything uh, and through Instagram and even the experience of the box itself, I just figured I just didn't know about it. So I think it's just so great that you gave a chance to share that and your story with the audience. And I guess on a final note, I wanted to ask you, what is the thing that you value the most about the position that you're in today? I don't want to sound cliche, <laughs> but the truth is, it's the giving back. Kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but a part of my motivation to create this company is, you know, it's my passion project. Like, I, as you can tell, like, I get excited talking about it. I get excited describing the creatives and the plants and, and what things look like moving forward. But really, it's that it's given me a platform. I don't want to call it a platform, but a way to give back to the community. So every 
other month, we choose a uh, not-for-profit or even a lot of times we'll be asked for donations and we never say no because I'm so aware of how lucky I am to have been put in that position that I am able to do this. A little bit of a background, I grew up in the Philippines. I moved here when I was 12. And so I know what poverty is. I know what that looks like. And my family was lucky that we'd never had to, you know, experience that. But lots of the people that I know are in that boat. And if I can have a chance of helping somebody in in any way, shape or form, then I'm going to do it. This business is not built on making the next dollar. It's how am I going to be able to grow it so that I can give a little bit more. And so that's, I know it sounds really cheesy, but it's like, it's really how I feel and how I, like, I feel so strongly about that. No, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, I didn't mention how they were able to donate at the beginning. So that in itself is really um, awesome because I feel like a lot of businesses are just trying to, you know, get profitable. So it's a gift when you have enough to give, you know, and And I uh, think, I think a part of it too, is that this isn't, you know, this isn't my family's source of income per se, like this, you know, I'm doing this because I love it. Like I, I, I just, I, I love the creativity part. I love the connection connecting with all these other vendors and getting to know people even through Instagram and then connecting in person. Like I just love all of that. And this is what food evokes for me. It's not just something to eat. It's like if you had food at a party and you're standing next to somebody, you strike up a conversation, right? It's, it's company, it's memories, it's all of that. And that's why I love that business is because it creates all of that for me. Plus it's, giving me a chance to give back to the community. And, you know, as long as I'm able to pay my staff, have stuff for inventory and, you know, be able to put something away, I'm good with giving back. Like, it's just kind of a no-brainer to be able to do that. I'm so excited for you. And I'm so excited for the future of Style and Grace. And it's honestly been such a treat for me to hear this roller coaster <laughs> growth that you've had <laughs> During such an interesting time, but um, I just want to applaud you on what you've managed to accomplish. And also thank you again for sharing that value uh, with our audience today. Thank you guys so much. And honestly, if there's one thing that I would like to say to impart to others, like if you, if you were doing something that you're passionate about, it will show and people love the authenticity of knowing that you love what you do, right? Like it's, it's visible. And I see it, you know, on, in some of the people that I follow, even on Instagram, like there's a lot of inspiration out there and I can see how much they love what they do. And I want to be just like that. Um, (laughs) And then if you couple it with, you know, a purpose of, you know, say, for instance, for me, my purpose is to find a way to give back and support others, then it just becomes, it's not a chore. It's not, you know, a question in your head as to what's next. It just kind of rolls like it, it just happens. And yeah. Yeah. So no, do, do it with passion, do it do, with, yeah. with purpose. 
do it with passion, do it with purpose. No, that's great. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much again, Jessica. Thank and you, I'll ben. of course keep following what you're doing because I'm just excited for what's next for you all. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Hopefully you guys got something from that.